listening to the Story Embers podcast, a podcast dedicated to guiding and inspiring Christian storytellers to glorify God with excellent craftsmanship. I'm your host, Grace Livingston. Every other week, I'll be joined by a panel of Story Embers staff members. We'll discuss all areas of storycraft, from writing habits and motivation to character development and how to write Christian themes without being preachy. So here we go with episode one, The State of Christian Fiction, today. joined by Josiah DeGraff, Deus Lamb, and Brandon Miller, and we're going to be discussing the current state of Christian fiction, its strengths, its weaknesses, what trends we're seeing across the market, and what we believe has shaped Christian fiction into what it is today. Josiah, would you like to start us off? Yeah, I, I'm interested in hearing both of your thoughts, Deus Spring, because in my mind, there's a lot of different streams I see going on in Christian fiction. On the one hand, you know, you've got Things people have been complaining about for, for 30 years. That's, you know, still, still going on in Christian fiction day. Arbitrary conversion narratives, um, or, you know, just precious in general. But I feel like for the past 10 years, I've also seen a lot of people just argued against that and talking about, look, you know, this is not a good, good state of things for Christian fiction, and, and authors are responding to that. And I, I feel like personally, over the last year, at least in... Most of what I read is is Christian specific um, on the fantasy, sci-fi ends of things. Even in some of the non-speculative fiction I've read, I've read some really good books published by Christian authors that deal with Christian themes in really good ways. And I couldn't say that most years um, if I look back at the past seven years. Mm -hmm. So at least for me, I've been really impressed and encouraged by a lot of what I've seen in Christian fiction. Although I've certainly ran up in past years, I, I certainly think we're, we're still trying to find our ground and not just be preaching to the choir in the stories we write. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now, you, you brought up an interesting point. You're talking about there being many states of Christian storytelling today. And uh, I'm wondering about uh, oh, an article you wrote when Storyverse just came out about the difference between explicit Christian fiction, implicit Christian fiction, um, what's kind of the difference we see there and, and how are those two different areas doing? So there's, there's these different types of Christian fiction. And I, I wonder, do people even understand that? And uh, how are those, what's the state of those categories? I don't know. Personally, I feel like we've, as, you know, as Christian storytellers, I feel like we do a better job with um, implicitly Christian fiction than explicitly Christian fiction. Like when I think about the great novels I've read over the past 10 years that were written by Christian authors that aren't explicitly bringing Christ up, you know, one of my favorite authors is N.D. Wilson, and he does a fantastic job of this. Mm-hmm. And, and there, there are others who do this as well. And I feel like when Christian storytellers are, are writing stories and they're not bringing Christ into it, the stories are great, but, and this is frustrating because, you know, it's not like bringing Christ into stories is bad. That's what we, we should be doing. We should have these stories, but it seems like for a lot of storytellers, whenever Christianity comes into it, then, I don't know, a lot of things just are suddenly missing of what great stories look like because it becomes, oh, let's, let's bring in our, our good good evangelism here. Yeah. <laughs> and, oh, there's our, you know, all the, the storytelling aspects. 
Okay, so unexpected things happen, and I did not expect to be the not the first person to mention Andy Wilson in this talk. So you beat me to that, and I didn't see that coming. But um, I think part of what you're saying there about when Christians write implicitly Christian fiction, it's really good, and when we bring Christ into it, it's, it's not. Um, I think that it's partly due to the dreaded uh, conversion scene that, that usually happens if you have Christ explicitly in your novel, because there's not a lot of good ways to write a convincing conversion scene. And I, I think maybe this is getting into some of what we want to talk about later for a different episode, but the Christian novel has this, this crutch of a conversion scene where the conversion scene sort of replaces any other character growth. And, you know, we don't identify character growth with anything other than, Oh, he became a Christian. And it really, it hurts our potential to tell, to develop great characters and to tell relatable stories, mm -hmm. especially when you're talking to a Christian audience that has already been converted. Yeah. One of the, the stories, you know, books I felt, feel like has had one of the most greatest impacts on me in terms of what do great conversion stories and books look like isn't fiction at all. It's nonfiction. It's uh, Rosaria Butterfield's book, Secret Thoughts of an Unlikely Convert. I don't know if you've either of you have read it or not. But uh, Rosaria Butterfield was, um, she, she wasn't a Christian. She was, she was heavily involved in the LGBT movement. And, and eventually she, you know, through the work of the local pastor in, in her community, she comes to Christ. And, but, but the whole book, you know, she comes to Christ within the first chapter of her memoir. And then the whole rest of the book is about the fact that, you know, my life was going great. And then I turned to Christ. And then the whole rest of my life was messed up because I had to change absolutely everything and sacrifice so much to come to Christ. And I just love that in the memoir. That was like, this isn't a book about coming to Christ. This is a book about when you come to Christ and you have to move into a completely different community, you have to give up your old life. That is really hard. And there is a lot of things you need to do there. And I kind of read that and came away and went, wow, what if Christian novels were like this? Where it showed that, yeah, you know, coming to, to Christ is not necessary. It's not fun in games. There are very good things about it. But when Christ told us that we need to take up our crosses and walk after him, you know, he, he did kind of need that. <laughs> very much meant that when he said that. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I think that the, the problem with um, having these uh, conversion scenes in Christian fiction that are kind of free and there's not really, there's not a cost and, and you end up promising Christians who are already Christians and who are having difficulties in their lives as we tend to do and you, you end up making false promises. Either you tell them that it'll all be okay now, which it isn't and so that causes them to lose faith or to go back to the character development point, you tell them that once you're a Christian, you're good. And then they feel like, you know, you kind of pat them on the back and, hey, you've reached the pinnacle. And then that's the end of, of their sanctification or, or they can just continue to live life and make mistakes and habitual mistakes. And they don't, they don't ever learn um, beyond, oh, hey, I got converted. I'm okay now. Yeah. You actually brought to mind a, a verse. It's um, Proverbs 19.2. It says, it is dangerous to have zeal without knowledge, and the one who acts hastily makes poor choices. I think in Christian fiction, there can be this temptation of, oh, I'm writing for Christ, and I have, uh, you know, I'm focusing on the gospel, and so, you know, obviously nothing can go wrong. 
but, but I can't, you know, that's having a zeal without knowledge. And of course, there, there is some blessing in, in uh, serving God with as much wisdom as you have, but thing, things can definitely go wrong because it's not just the message, it's also the form. And the form is different with fiction and nonfiction um, or a conversation, etc. And so we have this, this really disastrous mixture of great, wonderful zeal without any sort of knowledge. It just explodes in, in the face of the writer when that happens. So that, that's kind of what I see going on in some cases. We're going to take a quick break, and when we return, we'll discuss one of the biggest trends our panel has seen in Christian fiction today. Welcome back, everyone, to our discussion on the current state of Christian fiction. I'm with story member staffers Josiah DeGraff, Deus Lamb, and Brandon Miller. You say there is one more trend you guys have seen in the Christian writing community, Brandon? Yes. We were talking over break some about the, the emergence and the almost the prominence of Christian speculative fiction in the market. You know, because that's not, that hasn't always been a thing. There used to be much more um, contemporary. Um, romance-based, <clears throat> and there's a trend now, though, to leaning towards speculative fiction for Christian authors. What are what are some of your guys' thoughts about that, Josiah Deus? Yeah, I, mean, I, I definitely agree that we can see that um, a r- romance is still still at the top of the game um, and it's not being beaten. But you know, if you look at where growth is, just look at you know early 2000s with, with the whole debates about Harry Potter. And should there be magic in Christian books? And the fact that you have a genre that, that still kind of has to kind of thread a, I'm about to, I'm going to really mess up my metaphors. Um, <laughs> you know, well, I, I, I want to thread a narrow thread, but you can't thread a narrow thread. Um, <laughs> you're, you're, you're still trying to white walk that tightrope with regards to that. But I feel like a lot of those questions of, you know, is fantasy inherently immoral have gone down? You see a lot more people interested in Christian speculative fiction. I, mean, I know on Story Embers, you know, a large majority of our authors are interested in writing speculative fiction because that's the sort of thing they like to read. Um, and I definitely think we do see that as, as one trend going on, that Christian speculative fiction is becoming more popular, more mainstream in Christian circles, especially with sites like uh, Lorehaven um, and others that are really trying to bring it in front of more readers. Thanks for joining me, Josiah Davis and Brandon. And thank you, listeners, for tuning in. To learn more about today's panelists, visit storyembers.org forward slash about. You can also visit our website, storyembers.org, for more content designed to help you on your journey as a Christian storyteller. We publish short stories, weekly articles, poetry, art, and more. Join us again next time as Josiah, Deus, and Brandon dive into their favorite and not-so-favorite things about Christian fantasy and allegory on the next episode of the Story Embers podcast.